Father, where they will receive more fire, Father. And where there is no fire, there shall be dryness, Father. And where there is no fire, there shall be nothing added unto it. But the one who has sown it into the ground is the one that will receive its profit. The one that will receive and let it and it will be added unto. And the wicked's talents, the one that did not multiply their talents, they will add it unto those that have more. And more will be added unto them. Oh, so we thank you, Father, for this, for hunger, for the hungry. Blessed are the poor. Blessed are the hungry. Blessed are the thirsty. Not blessed are those who are in a church. Not blessed are those that, those that call themselves Christian. Not blessed are those that stand around those who are on fire. But blessed are those who are hungry for the fire. Blessed are those who thirst for righteousness. Blessed are those who are hungry for the manna from heaven. Blessed are those who even right now are ready to hear what thus saith the Lord and not be in their own imaginary land. Blessed are you, for you, for this day you shall receive the kingdom of God. We thank you, Lord, for us that are blessed because we're hungry. We're not blessed because of a religion. We're blessed because he said, blessed are these, these ones, the least of these, the poor you should always be the least of these in God's eyes because you should always be hungry. You should always be thirsty. You should always be looking to go to a deeper level of deliverance. You should always be the least of these because you should always be wanting more. And you should be like the deer that pants after the water that even when the deer goes and gets the water, it still has that heart like, I need more. I can't have, an it's not enough. Oh, thank you, Lord. Let it not be enough ever because... We want all of it, Father. We want all of it forever, forever and ever where it can never be stopped. Our hunger, Father. Our hunger in us is one of the most precious things we have within us, Father. It's more precious than gold and silver, Father, because it buys us you. You who made the gold. You who made the silver. You who made everything that exists. You, it buys me. Hunger buys God. Come buy truth. Come buy gold. Refine the fire. Come buy it without money. Buy it with your hunger today. And you will receive a word today. You will receive manna from heaven today if you came hungry. And if you don't receive, and if you're not hungry, you won't receive anything. Because how can I, I put in, in front of you food for you to eat when you don't even want to eat it? Oh, but blessed are us who are hunger, who are ready to eat, Father, who are ready to, who are ready to be filled, Father. Blessed are you in this room who have made an empty space for the manna from heaven for the chunks of meat to fill your belly. Blessed are you who are ready to taste the, the word that is like that is sweet to their lips. And in their belly as bitter like the like the like the as bitter father that washes out my belly and cleans out and lets everything out the dungate let cleans out my flesh. And we thank you, Lord, for this word today, Father. We just prepare our hearts to receive, Father, that no matter what comes out, Father, no matter what is said, Father, we just want you. It doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter if it's an encouragement. It doesn't matter if it's a rebuke. It doesn't matter if it's a correction. It doesn't matter what it is. We just want it to be your spirit. We want to hear what thus, we want to be the ones in the book of Revelation after every rebuke you said to the church, those who have an ear to hear what thus saith the spirit of God. Thank you, Jesus. We read your letter, but we hear what thus saith the Spirit of God, because the Spirit of God will read me the letter. Don't just read the letter. Let the Spirit of God read, read you the letter. Thank you, Father.
Just fill us today, Father. We want to be wise virgins, Father. We don't, we don't want to be like the five unwise virgins. You're not a virgin because you have a lampstand. You're a virgin because you have oil in your lamp, a wise virgin. The five unwise have a lamp, but they have no oil. How do I know if you're a wise virgin? Because you have oil. Because when you speak, because when you live for Jesus, when you speak about him, when you live life, you have oil in your life. You have power in your life. You have manifestation. Oil is manifestation of Christ. Right now, it's the oil. It's not some man. It's the oil that ministers to you. It's the fire. It's the glory. It's the power. It's the living waters that minister to you. It's not any man. It's the manifestation of Christ that manifests in his many forms. But in this form today, let it be the oil that makes the lampstand burn. Thank you, Father. Just fill us, Father. And this message is called today, it's called Vexed. Vexed. And I, I don't know if you guys remember on Wednesday night, that came by the Spirit, I, that word vexed. And I said it, and I said, and I, I didn't even, I never really, I guess I've heard it before, but I didn't know it was even in the Bible. But I just heard vexed. And the enemy is vexing a lot of us at many times. But I think a lot of us actually get entrapped with the enemy or imaginations or voices or thoughts because sometimes we can't even decipher if it's from God or not. But this God, Jesus even said when he was talking about the fruit of the Spirit, it's, not only, it's talking about, it has depth to it. It's not only talking about the fruit of the Spirit that you should have. It's talking about the fruit of, of his Spirit. When his Spirit comes around, this is what he's like. Joy, he comes. Let's read it. Go, let's go to that one real quick what his spirit is like. Galatians 5, 19 through 26. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law, and they that are in Christ have crucified the flesh with his afflictions and lusts. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. But when we receive the spirit, we also receive these peaceable fruits Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. How do I know when it's the enemy speaking because it doesn't impart me these things? It imparts me these things. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance. Look, witchcraft is a work of the flesh. It's a work. One of my flesh is... is when I'm receiving from my flesh, when my flesh is stirred up, it stirs up witchcraft because... The, it says that the, the, the flesh is at enmity with the spirit. So actually, like we talked about Wednesday night, the flesh is actually in rebellion. Rebellion is the sin of witchcraft. So when I actually have rebellion, when I have flesh in my life, it's rebellion and I'm actually spewing witchcraft on my own self. It doesn't matter if you're spewing witchcraft on your brother, you're spewing witchcraft on yourself first. Witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, Envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like of which I tell you before, as I have told you in times past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But we know that these things already start to get stirred up in us before we even do them. Before we even have adultery with a woman or a man, we're already having adultery in our heart. It says if you even look on a woman, or you can even say look on a man because he was just talking to men, the Pharisees. If you even look on a man, if you even look on a woman with lust, you've already committed adultery see in the old testament you had to do it because it was by the statutes of the law but now in the new testament 
It's actually by the heart because God sees the heart and it's already done in the heart. It doesn't matter if you kill your brother or not. If you hate him in your heart, you have already committed murder. So these things are already being done in the heart before they're being done in the flesh. You look at your brother one day and they're smiling. Hey, hey. And then the next day they kill you. Well, guess what? They didn't hate you when that day they came to kill you. They hated you the day when they were smiling at you because it was already in their heart. They just didn't show it on their face or with their actions. See, these things. So these things actually come. The devil works through the flesh. God works through the spirit. It says that I will give you a helper, the Holy Ghost that will come on to you, that will speak all things that I, 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 he will bear witness to everything that I say. And he will speak those things which he has heard. But see, the flesh also does the same thing. The enemy stirs up our flesh, goes after those things that we still have in our mortal body to actually speak to us, to use us, to draw us. It says that you are not tempted unless you are drawn away by your own lust and, and things and likeness. Because your own things, it's, it's something that's in our own heart and even says that out of the heart comes evil thoughts, adultery, fornication, all these things. Some, there's times when the devil plants thoughts and then there's times where your own heart is spewing thoughts because it's in your heart. But this is how we know which one's talking to us. If, how do I know if it's my flesh or if it's the spirit? Because it talks about the peaceable fruit of the spirit. And we're not talking about the peace with the world or over material things. When God speaks to me and I receive it, it actually brings me at peace with God. I don't get at peace with, I can be in a terrible situation, a horrible situation, but when God speaks, peace, I, he leaves with me. When God speaks, joy, peace, righteousness, long suffering. For this is the kingdom of God, joy, peace, and righteousness in the Holy Ghost. When the Holy Ghost speaks, it's holy and it, it, and it br brings that peaceable fruit of righteousness. When the enemy speaks, it stirs up my anger. It stirs up my lust. The enemy speaks to my lust. God speaks to my holy desires. When God speaks to me, it bears long suffering. When the enemy speaks to me, he wants to get me offended and angry. What does the word vexed mean? That word came by the Spirit Wednesday night, remember. Vexed. But we know that Webster and whatever this one is, uh, Mary, or whatever it is, Webster. Yeah, Webster. And then there's Google. They only know it by the carnal. They only know the surface level of terms and all that. But we know there's a deeper spiritual things because we know the spiritual things that affect us in the spirit. They don't go by the spirit. They go by the feelings of the flesh and things of the flesh. But now we live in the spirit. So we need to know terms and things in the deeper realm, how it plays in the spirit. Vexed. Definition, affected with, marked by, causing trouble, vexation, such as a feeling or showing irritation, annoyance, distress. Difficult, oftentimes frustrating to understand or deal with. Then here's some synonyms, aggravated, annoyed, bothered, ex expirated, galled, irked, irritated, narked, peeved, put out, scurned, teed off. See, all these things vex. The enemy vexes you. God convicts you. You can vex yourself by not obeying God, but it's the enemy that makes you get in the flesh. 
God doesn't speak to you to get you in the flesh. He speaks to you to get you back in the spirit. The enemy speaks to you to stir up your flesh so that you can sin. It's not a, a sin to get angry. It's a sin when you let your anger stay overnight because then you're going to end up doing something. Do not sin in your anger. See, but it's, is it, are you angry because the enemy started speaking to you? And God started, and God started showing me this message because I had a dream that I didn't understand and what happened was the enemy tried to interpretate that dream to me, what it, what, or my flesh did. My flesh just tried to put two and two together. And then I could feel this, this and what I know now, the word vexing of my soul. And it's in the Bible. We're going to get to it. This isn't just some term that's out there that we're using for a message. This is in the Bible. I didn't even know it was in the Bible Wednesday night until I looked it up later on. But it was like, it's like the, God gave me a dream and then the enemy and tried to, or my flesh tried to, sometimes it's not even the enemy, sometimes it's your own carnality. And it vexes you from God to where you start to feel distant from him, you start to feel at enmity, enmity with him, because why? Because when the enemy speaks to you, he gets you in the flesh, and the flesh is at enmity with God, so when I step in the flesh, now I become at enmity with God. That's why when we get in the flesh, we tell each other to repent so that we would not be or feel distant, apart, rebellious, I get back in the spirit because that's where he is. He's in my spirit, man. He's not in my flesh. So when I get out of my flesh, I get in my spirit, I get in him because he lives in my spirit, man. To be vexed. And that's what happened is the enemy interpreted a dream. He started speaking. The Leviathan started coming in. See, Leviathan vexes you. You start thinking things and it puts you on the witchcraft, torment, it starts putting you all onto these things. Whatever voice, whatever dream, whatever vision, if it stirs up your lust, if it stirs up, brings witchcraft, torment. I'm not talking about when the dream comes or when a person speaks and you interpretate it. Because even right now, you can vex yourself even with this message because you, like John said the other night, you can receive it in condemnation. See, when you receive it through your, when you're, if you're eating this message through your carnal, carnal mind, it will vex you. It will trouble you. It will, it will take the life out of you because you're not receiving it with the hope of Christ. You're not receiving it with, by your spirit, which understands, which bears witness, which heeds to God. Your flesh doesn't want to heed to God. So when my carnal mind that's connected to my flesh wants to eat, it doesn't, it doesn't do my, 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 my flesh. My carnal man cannot be fed with spiritual things. It has to die. See, if you're trying to feed your carnal man with spiritual things, then everything goes into the dung, dunghill because the carnal man does not eat flesh or spiritual things. And I'm not talking about, I'm talking about your, the, your thinking, your understanding. Trust in the Lord God and lean not on your, own, on your own understanding and he will direct your paths. Some people are understanding in their own way and that's why he's not directing their paths. That's why, because it says that there's seven spirits of God and one of them is, there's a spirit of revelation, spirit of knowledge, spirit of fear of the Lord, spirit of God, all those things, the spirit of counsel, then there's the spirit of understanding. But if I don't under, listen to messages and dreams and visions and things people speak through the spirit of understanding, I will never receive the God of peace that speaks and he speaks peace into my spirit and soul. We're talking about your soul getting vexed because my soul has to be fed by 
the Spirit of God. My soul cannot be fed in the flesh. Carnal ways of thinking. That's why you have so many people that read the Bible and their carnal mind is puffed up, but their spirit man is still dead. But that's how you know when knowledge puffs up and there's a lot of knowledge in the Bible. So when I receive the knowledge of the Bible, but not the revelation of the word, I get puffed up on all my knowledge of Romans, Revelation, Genesis, Judges, whatever, whatever book I'm reading, I get puffed up. It makes me prideful. You see a lot of Christians that are so prideful and they know all the Bible and they're prideful about all their knowledge because they're receiving it in carnality. They know the word by the, by the, by the wisdom of man, by the, the logic of thinking, but not by the spirit of understanding, which brings the revelation from heaven. It says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. He's speaking to all humankind when he says that. He says, my thoughts are not your thoughts and my ways are not your ways. So don't try to take your ways and your thoughts and try to filter my word through them because they're not the same. My ways are my ways. My ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. So you need to get up higher by receiving things my way and my mindset and my thoughts. See, right now you're going to receive this message. Now, if you're mad at, if you get mad at the word, then you're vexing yourself. But if you receive this message in a carnal way and not by the spirit of God, you're going to be upset about it. You're going to resist it. You're going to envyings, right? The, the works of the flesh are envying, strife. And even, you can even throw rebellion in there because you just want to, you don't want to have nothing to do with it. But it's God that speaks. Vexed. 2 Samuel 13, 1 through 5. And it came to pass after this, and there were several examples of people that were vexed in the Bible, but we're going to get to two today. But one of the, one of the, and it was a lot, but one of the most notable ones was how Pharaoh was vexing, taking the life out of, you know, like they were working, the Israelites were working under Pharaoh and they were like just burdened. They were just, just under torment, under affliction of the soul. I'm not talking about the afflictions you go through for Christ, but the afflictions of the tormentor and God delivered his people from being vexed from Pharaoh. But a lot of us are under Pharaoh right now when we're under the devil. He's taken, just like he did, just like Pharaoh did when he took the whips and whipped them and made them work for his cause, for the spirit of the age to build his world. He's doing right now with many Christians in religion, taking his whip and saying, yeah, build my tower of religion. But they have to get out from under. They got to come out of Egypt. They think they're in, they think they're in the promised land, but they're really still in Egypt because Religion and Egypt are the same thing. Religion and the world are the same thing because it's all man-made. So when you're still religious, you're still working for Pharaoh. And it came to pass after this that Absalom, the son of David, had a fair sister whose name was Tamar. And Ammonon, the son of David, loved her. Remember the story of Absalom. This kind of goes into that, but it's not really, it's about him, but then it gets about him later. But it's really about Tamar and Ammonon right now. And Ammonon was so vexed. Why was he vexed? He was so, and this is verse 2 of 2 Samuel 13. And Ammonon was so vexed that he fell sick for his sister Tamar, 
for she was a virgin and Ammonon thought it hard for him to do anything to her. See, his soul started to come under this lifeless thing, this tormenting thing, this whatever. He was consumed with his lust for Tamar. See, when you're consumed with lust, you start to become vexed. You start to feel apart from God. You start to feel spiritually dead because your soul, your soul is being put at the top now. Now we're spiritual beings, so we've been filled with life before, so we know what it's like to not be filled with life anymore. See, out there, they don't know the difference of if they got filled with life or not. We got filled with life, so when it departs from us or when we don't feel it anymore, we know because we live in joy, peace, and righteousness in the Holy Ghost. So when we don't feel that anymore, we start to feel the difference. And these guys were in the kingdom. Ammonon started to feel vexed that he fell sick for, his, for tomorrow for his, she was a virgin and Ammonon thought it hard for him to do anything to her. But Ammonon had a friend whose name was Jonadab, the son of Shemiah, David's brother. And Jonadab was a very subtle man. And he said unto, unto him, Why art thou, being the king's son, lean from day to day? Wilt thou not tell me? And Ammonon said unto him, I love Tamar, my brother's Absalom's sister, burning with lust for even someone who's connected in his family. And Jonadab, Jonadab said unto him, Lay thee down on thy bed and make thyself sick. And when thy father cometh to see thee, say unto him, I pray thee that let my sister tomorrow come and give him meat, give me meat and dress the meat in my sight, that I may see it eat in her hand. So Ammonon laid down and made himself sick. So he, he, made, he pretended to be sick. What is he doing? He's trying to pull her in there so he can do his fleshly deed. And, my, and make thyself sick, and when thy father cometh to see thee, say unto him, I pray thee, let my sister Tamar come and give me meat, and dress the meat in my sight, I may see it. I pray thee, let Tamar, my sister, come and make a couple cakes in my sight, that I may eat it out of her hand. Then David set home, he even set up David, set up David. Then David sent home to Tamar, saying, go now to thy brother Ammonon's house to dress him with meat. So Tamar went to his brother Ammonon's house, and he was laid down, and she took flour and kneaded it. And cakes in his sight and did bake the cakes. And she took a pan and poured them out before him. And he refused to eat. And Ammonon said, have, have out all the men out of here. See, he was, he was maneuvering, manipulating. See, when you get consumed with lust, you start, becoming, you start becoming manipulative. You start because you want what you want, but you don't want other people to call it out. So you manipulate, you maneuver, you get vexed with rebellion. You get vexed with deception. Why do we deceive? Because we have gain. We have gain saying. We, have, we, we want gain. We want something. That's why we deceive. That's why we maneuver. That's why we divert things because we're trying to get things that, are not, that God did not call us to have. If you have to manipulate something to get something, then you know that wasn't God. God didn't call you for that. God gives it to you. He, freely I give and freely you receive and freely I give it unto you. It's not I have to, God called me to this and I have to work and manipulate my way and, and rob people and rob Peter to pay Paul to get what I want, to get what God wanted me to get. If God wants me to have it, he will give it to me. I don't have to work or strive in the flesh to get it. Because really even your manipulative ways are striving. Why do you really have striving? Because you have lust of the flesh. Because when you know it's God, your spirit bears witness and you just have faith that it will manifest. You have faith that the evidence will prove it true and will start to show. But when it's not of God, you, you know 
you don't have that bearing witness that long suffering till it happens. You have this thing like, I have to, see, you get vexed. You get like, you get in fear. You have to panic. I have to make it happen. I have to make it happen. Maybe it wasn't God. Because if it was God, he would be bearing witness. He would be keeping you through it. He would give you evidence of what he promised. And you don't want to try to make things happen because the devil will make sure it happens and give you a blessing that is not yours, that you're not ready for and ruin you with it. God wants to bless all of us. He, has all, he owns all the cattle on the hill. We are blessed children. We are not poor. We are not rich. doesn't matter what's in your bank account. But he's teaching us how to be faithful in the little that we may be faithful in the much because if he gave us the much right now, we would not be faithful to it. We would squander it like the prodigal son. And he does not want us to become prodigals because the thing that... God loves more than us, than blessing us, is keeping us in him. He doesn't want to give things to us so that we can start focusing on his hand and no longer his heart or just receive things from him, but turn away from him as workers of inequity. He wants us to know him and walk in signs, wonders, casting out demons. And this is not even just about money. This is about spiritual things and power. God, yes, God wants to release mighty anointing on you. What you see happening with Shane and all these things, God wants to release mighty apostolic anointing passed down from his beard, from the beard of, from the beard of Aaron down to you, but he has to make you trustworthy, faithful, and then he will give you the much. Everybody is called to the much. A hundredfold will I, will I give you in the world to come, but in this life now. For those who forsake all and follow me. Then David sent home to Tamar saying, oh, let's, we already read that. And when, he said, and when she said, when she had brought them unto him to eat, he took hold of her and said unto her, come lie with me, my sister. And she answered, nay, my brother, do not force me. For no such thing ought to be done in Israel. Do not thou, do, do not, Thou this folly. So you get into, you get, start to get foolish when you're consumed with your lust or whatever it may be. And she answered him, Nay, my brother, do not force me. 13, and I, whither shall I cause my shame to go? And as for thee, thou shalt be as one of the fools in Israel. Now therefore, I pray thee, speak unto the king, for he will not withhold me from thee. Howbeit he would not hearken unto her voice, but being a stronger, stronger than she, forced her and lay with her. Then Ammonon hated her exceedingly, so that the hatred wherewith he hated her was greater than the love wherewith he loved her. And Ammonon said unto her, Arise and be gone. So what happened? He raped her because his lust consumed him, but he already did rape her when he already consu was consumed with it. He was vexed with it. He, once you're vexed with something, you're burning with lust. You can't control yourself. It's, you, you're taken over. But what does it take to, to put that off? It's to take it to the cross, to come back to peace with God. We're going to get in that to, today a lot because we know when we're in God, when we have the peace of God, where we wake up and we feel we're at peace with God. When we obey him, when we put off the flesh and make, make when we put on Christ and make no provision of the flesh, we start to feel it, the peace the joy, the righteousness, because we're connected to him now. It's not something we need to, we don't need to strive for the peace of God. We need to obey and, and reject the enemy's voice and Leviathan and the lies so that we can stay in the peace of God. See, and then he, he sinned. You ever sinned before and then you start to be consumed with 
condemnation, anger, things, whatever the case may be, because you're vexed, because you're now the enemy has your soul, has a chokehold on your soul, and you start to feel separated from him. And, and separation is really an illusion because God's always with you. Even if I make my bed in hell, he is there with me. He will never leave me nor forsake me, but I start to feel it because I'm a spiritual being and I know that my soul is doing things apart from him. Though my spirit is with him, my soul is apart from him. But I want my spirit to be with him always and my soul to always be with him as well. See, we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Our heavenly man is seated with Christ in heavenly places. But to stay, to have my soul seated with Christ in heavenly places, my soul needs to be connected to the spirit man that's within me always. Or else I will not feel like that. See, there's some days you feel really bold. You feel like, yeah, my, I am seated with Christ in heavenly places because you're in the spirit. But when you're in the flesh, you don't feel it. You feel down. You feel depressed. You feel this. You feel that. It's because you've been hanging out with Delilah. You've been in the devil's den. You've been listening to lies. You've been listening to Leviathan. If you start to feel offended with your brother or start to feel angry with your brother or, start, or witchcraft starts happening, that's because you're listening to Satan himself because he bears these fruits to get you in the flesh. And God bears these fruits. I know when God speaks because, see, I came up here confident today knowing that this is the message that God wanted because I had the peaceable fruit. I had the fruit of peace, joy. I, I had the bearing witness. I had the confidence because I got connected to him. I didn't even want to preach today, but when I got connected and say, your will be done, not my will, I got in the joy, in the peace, in the righteous, in the Holy Ghost because it's promised to me if I stay connected to him. Are you connected to him? Well, this is the kingdom of God. If you're not connected to him, well, this is why you're in the flesh. This is why you're in adultery, fornication. That I'm bearing is where my roots are going to. If my roots are rooted, if I'm rooted in Christ and God, see, I can get rooted in him, but then root myself, start rooting myself in the enemy. We are the garden in the kingdom of God. So whatever we're rooting ourselves, that's the fruits that we start to bear. If I start to get rooted in the enemy, I start to bear these things. Envying, striving, adultery. I don't know why I can't stop sinning or blah, blah, blah. Who are you connected to and who are you listening to? Who are you hanging out with? What fellowship are you, are you around? Because if you start the fellowship, what fellowship does the temple of God have with the temple of idols? Because if you're around the temple of idols, you will start to make an idol onto your own self because that's the company that comes around you that corrupts your character. That's the spirits that come around to tempt you, to oppress you. Sometimes you need to break away from sin by breaking away from the environment that you're in. Maybe you're not going places where God called you to be and that's why you're bearing all these fruit because you're rooting yourself in an in a area, in a place of life that you're not supposed to be or that you weren't even called to. That's why you're depressed. That's why you're down. That's why you're heavy. God, the heaviness, he didn't call us to that heaviness, the levels of warfare like Shane was talking about. And there is a heaviness in the spirit from diverse temptations, but that comes with, see, even when you're going through stuff and the devil's tempting you like 40 days and 40, but he still felt that peace with God. He still felt like even when he was in temptation, he knew, no, I'm doing the will of the Father. No, I'm connected to him. He still stayed confident. See, you, in the midst of temptation, you need to be confident in who you're in and who you're from and who you're of. Because if you know you're not connected to him and the devil tempts you, it's going to be easy cake for him. But when you're in the spirit, it's like God versus Satan. You don't want it to be you versus Satan. 
Because he can, he's going to use your flesh against you and continue to pull out those things that he has in you. But when you're in Christ, now when he comes to you, now you can boldly say, you have nothing in me, Satan, because I am in him and I am hidden in Christ and God. I'm hidden in the cleft of the rock. What's the cleft of the rock? His word is the rock. And I'm hidden in his word. And, his, and when the enemy comes to find me, I'm going to be hidden in the principles of God that I've put myself under. And he cannot touch me because he cannot touch the word. Because the word makes everything in, in that the devil tries to do null and void. But whatever is of the word prospers. The, the, no weapon shall formed against me. No weapon formed against me shall not prosper. Why? Because nothing can prosper against God. So when I get in him, even if I have things I got to work on, I don't stay connected to those things I have to stay get, work on. I stay connected to Christ who's already made it finished. See, we're not a finished work in the sense that we still have the process of dying and it decreasing that he may increase, but we're finished. We walked finished when we walk in the spirit because he's it's finished. He finished it so that now in our, our spirit man can walk in the same works that he did. Those who believe that these signs shall follow them. Those that believe casting out devils, healing the sick, cleansing the lepers. But then when you get in the flesh, it's. Uh, yeah, I believe. But then you're crying out, help my unbelief, God. Well, you'll start believing when you get in him because faith starts to assure you. See, when you're around God, he speaks. That was one of the fruits, too. That was one of the fruits. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. When I'm around God, when I'm around God, I'm around the word. And look, and this is the shirt today. When I'm around God, I'm around the word. So when I'm around the word, it says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Every man shall live by, no, every man shall live by, not by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Every man shall live. It's not saying that every man out there lives because God speaks it. Every man lives in the spirit. Has the, see, there's living in your mortal body, like being existent in the natural realm. But then there's living as in the life of God is in you. The, the life that Adam had, the breath of God is in you now. That's living. That's life in the kingdom of God. And when I'm connected to him, I feel like I'm alive. I feel vibrant. I feel ready. I feel, I look at the vision and I get confidence. I look at everything, every, every word that's being spoken and confidence comes. But when I'm in the flesh, it's, I got to try to do it. See, it says, strive for this one thing, Rest. Rest. How do I rest in him? I get in the cleft of the rock because in the cleft of the rock, out, out of it comes rivers of living water that refresh me and make me rest. See, when I'm in rest, I'm in the rivers. Resting is not sitting around. Resting is being, see, you can work 24 hours a day. You can work, I'm not saying you need to do that because if you're doing that, you're probably in sin because you're, trying, you're making your own kingdom. But you can be working. You can ask people even in this room. You could be working 12 hours a day, 24 hours a day, whatever, <clears throat> and still be, feel like you're alive because the breath of God is in you. Why do you feel so dead? I got 12 hours of sleep. I got 13 hours of sleep. I keep sleeping. I still feel dead. It's because it's spiritual. It's because your spirit is dead. Your spirit is <clears throat> being disconnected 
But when my spirit is connected, I cannot be affected by the depression and weight and heaviness of this life. Just like he spoke about the levels of warfare. Well, levels of warfare could also be that not only that I'm worrying about what's going on out there in the world, but it can also be that I'm worried about getting sick all of a sudden. I'm worried about somebody might come and rob my house. Somebody might come and do this. I get in fear. God did not give you the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. So if it's the spirit of fear, it's from the enemy. That's the other verse today, too. Fear is the enemy of faith. So if I, I know if something gives me fear, it's definitely from the devil because God, it says, faith cometh by hearing the word of God. And every time I'm around Jesus, it's the word of God giving me faith. So it doesn't give me faith. It's fear of the enemy. God doesn't give you fear like that's where he makes you troubled. He gives you the fear of the Lord that warns you, that convicts you, that keeps you on the narrow way that says, oh, okay, I better watch out for that. Oh, okay, I better make sure I do that. Not this fear where it's like you're trembling because of earthly things or you're, you're scared, you're worried, you're troubled, vexed. Fear vexes you. Faith encourages you. Faith keeps you going. Faith keeps you on the narrow road. But fear takes the life out of you. Fear is even connected to the python spirit because it will wrap around your neck and choke the life out of you and you will not be breathing in the spirit. And he wants to keep you so dead until you give it up. Every, what? Give it up. Everything God gave you. Ah, I'm not going to follow him. He wants to keep choking the life out of you until you finally renounce Christ. That's his end game. Eventually he gets you in sin and then he just gets you not even wanting to obey God anymore and you know God's there. And eventually you start thinking maybe God's not even real. After a long, long time of being vexed, you start to deny the faith. And then what does it say? It says that there will be a great falling away of believers. Not of, un not of unbelievers, people that call themselves Christian. It's saying believers. People that actually believe will fall away because of what comes upon the earth. Men's hearts shall fall them for fear. Not just men's heart in the world. They're already falling them for fear. We haven't even, even got there yet. Men's hearts in Claiming they're in the faith will fall because they do not keep their eyes on their faith, on the word of God. They start to put their eyes on this world. That's why it says, keep your eyes single that your whole body will be full of light. I, I stay in the light when I keep my eye on him and not on what's going on in this world. Not these eyes. You can look at what's going on in this world with these eyes, but the eyes of your soul are constantly on the Lord. To keep my mind, that's what the psalm says. Those whose mind are stayed on the Lord keep themselves in perfect peace perfect peace, the peace of God. Because the peace that everybody in this room is looking for is not peace with material things or situations. The peace you're looking for is with God. The peace you're looking for is to be, is to know that, is to not just know his love, but feel his love. To feel that he's always with you, to feel that he's there with you. But when you get vexed, you don't feel that anymore. Your soul gets shut off from your spirit. It's all in your spirit, but your soul, your soul feels, your soul is the mind, will, and emotions. Your emotions even start to be connected to the emotions of God. You start to feel the peace, the joy, the righteousness. See, when, like Shane said a while ago, he said, see, when we start even feeling it from heaven, we start to believe it even more because it's, it's a bearing witness thing in our, in our spirit. We, we feel it. I know. Oh, I don't know what's coming, but I know great things are coming for us because I can feel it. But when you don't feel it, Great things can be coming. You don't even know about it because you're disconnected. Let's look at somebody else. 
Judges 6, 16, 1 through 19. Then Samson. Then went Samson to, to Gaza and saw there a harlot. So what? Here's another lust again. And went unto her. And we can be, you know, you're thinking, oh, well, I'm not doing nothing. I'm not sleeping around with anybody. I'm not doing. You're being a harlot when you're sleeping around with and entertaining other spirits in your mind. You, some are sleeping with Leviathan. Some are sleeping with Jezebel, hearing all the lust of their flesh. Jezebel just doesn't control you. Jezebel will also speak to you the things that you want, just like she did with Naboth's garden to, to Ahab and spoke to his lust and said, yeah, you can get that. That's yours. It, you, that's your vineyard. You can have it. That's what Jezebel will do. You can have it. Yeah. Who says God didn't? Did God really say you can't have that? Did God really say it's not time? And she'll speak to your lust. Oh, yeah. Then she'll make you go get it. Listening to that's harlotry. Really, harlotry is not is loving other things because it says we have to have he's our first love. He loved us. We love him because he first loved us. But when we stop loving him, we start loving something else. Everybody loves something. But is it the first commandment love, love God with all your heart, mind, and soul? Or is it second commandment that I only love people and not God because you really don't love them if you're not in the love of God? Or is it love for material things that's not even biblical at all? Because we're supposed to love people. We're never supposed to love material things. We're supposed to love people. But we start to love them in a obsessional, in a carnal type of way because they touch something in our soul. See, even... You know, you, you have soul ties or whatever, but your family in the world, they still don't even really love you like that because they, st they still love you for their own benefit because they don't have the love of God in them yet. But when you're around the family of God, you have the love of God that's genuine, that's without strings, that's not, that's, that lays down its life for you, that's not looking for its own benefit or gain, but it's looking for your benefit and gain in the kingdom, the profit in the kingdom. Not profit for material things so that you can get 10%, profit for... Spiritual things so that you can be their reward. See, when you, when you know you have kingdom love when people getting saved and set free and fed and filled, get filled, get saved, get set free, and that's your reward. And you get joy over that. You get peace over that. It only adds to your peace because you're like, wow. That's become, when souls, when people getting set free becomes your reward, then you know the love of God is in you because you have love for one another. This is how the world will know that we, that that we have God is that we love the love we have for each other because the love we have for each other will prove that we have the love of God. And if we have the love of God, we have God because God is spirit, but God is love. And if we have his spirit, we have his love. You need to understand that because like we said Friday night, but God, I believe God wants to say this because many people are hearing that if we don't love our brother, we become disconnected, we become vexed. But even if somebody smites us, slaps us, persecutes us, we turn the other cheek. Have you ever read that Bible scripture? Turn the other cheek. And you're like, how? Because when they slap me on the one cheek, I'm ready to slap them back. But when they slap you and you have the love of God, you're not, you don't look to bite back and devour them. You're looking at their soul. You're looking at their problems. You don't even take people's problems anymore personal. You just see that they need help, that they're wounded, that they're broken, and they need a savior just like you did. Because you did the same thing when you were not born again. You did the same thing when you were not saved. You slandered, you, everybody lied, everybody has cheated, everybody has done things, has 
Whether you fornicated in the flesh or you fornicated in the spirit, if we had any other lover, we all fornicated and, and, and did adultery before, spiritually speaking or physically speaking. But now it's time to love him and love him with all of our life, all of our heart, all of our mind, and all of our soul. And Samson and Simon is come hither and they compassed him and laid wait for him all night in the gate in the city and were quiet all night saying in the morning when it is day we shall kill him see Delilah was being set up by the Philistines you can even say the world your soul is being set up by the world by the God of this earth by the God of this world to cut your hair off the anointing the oil the essence the joy to cut the peace Joy, peace, and righteousness. This is our inheritance. Joy, peace. This is going to never forget that. Joy, peace. This is the kingdom of God. And you know you're moving in the kingdom not only when the finger of God has come nigh unto you, but also when you're in joy, peace, and righteousness. You can be in trouble. Your spirit can be weighed down. There can be opposition. There's times of righteous anger, but it's about the current continuing state that you're in. Not the times when, because it says there's a time to war, there's a time to fight, there's a time to mourn. Just because you're in those times doesn't mean you're out of the kingdom. It's just time for that because that's what God's doing. But it's about every day of my life, 24-7, what am I living in? Because that's what I'm connected to. If I'm connected to all those things in the flesh, I'm vexed. I'm, the enemy's coming through some door, whether it be his voice, whether it be misinterpretation of things that's a big one of the biggest things that are misunderstood in the kingdom is misunderstandings because we, because we misunderstand his word we can never receive his word because we misunderstand the messenger we receive the message in a different way and we turn it into what leviathan meant it for what leviathan meant it for is to twist the reality and get you to think a is b and b is a and one is two and two is three to Make opposite what God meant for you for life. The devil, the devil turns around to mentor you for death. A brother comes to correct you, to teach you, to show you. And Leviathan comes in and shows you a whole different reality of what it actually is. See, remember that message, illusions and delusions? He'll come to show you an illusion of what's actually there because it's not there. It's just that Leviathan has vexed you and made you think what's there, what he showed you is there is there. But it's not there. How do I know this? Because it doesn't. It doesn't touch my spirit. It doesn't bring peace. It doesn't, it doesn't bear witness. It doesn't, it makes my flesh angry. It makes my, brings wrath. It brings envying. It brings striving. It brings competition. That's how I know it was the devil. That's how I know it's my flesh. See, the, the fruits of the spirit are supposed to be yours, but the fruits of the spirit are also the characteristics of how the Holy Spirit, his fruits when he manifests, how does he come? And sometimes he comes like a fire and anger, but it's still with peace with God. Not peace, that peace, peace with God. See, it doesn't matter even if God rebukes you swiftly when you receive it, you receive it in peace because now you're being made one with God again. See, when he rebukes us and corrects us and we receive it, we start to feel this peace because we just got connected back. Oh, whoa, what happened? Where, that light, there was a light there? because you just got connected again when you receive it. When you don't receive it, you vex yourself. Or if you're letting the enemy talk to you, then he'll make sure that the, there's no joy, peace, and righteousness. Even righteousness is something that the spirit births. 
We are the righteousness of God, but he leads our path. So he actually leads us down the narrow way and actually gets us to walk righteous. He forms our ways. He pushes things in, pushes things so it can all be narrow and we can walk down it so that we don't look to and fro, to the left or to the right, but we look to Jesus, the hope of our calling, Jesus, the light of the world that, makes, that fills my whole body with light and makes me a lamp unto the world, makes me a city set on a hill and not that darkness that's in me that so easily entangles me, that sin that so easily entangles me, I take that darkness and I take it to the light that it would illuminate that it would no longer be there. Because where there's light, darkness is void. Right now there's no darkness, there's shadows over there, but that's because it needs more light. But there, it's because the light, there's no darkness. If this whole room was filled with enough light, this, there would be no darkness in this room. But because we don't have the light, because we're not, we're not receiving through Christ, there's darkness. Whatever area in your life that has darkness, it's void of the light of Christ. It's void of his touch, his understanding, his revelation of it, his sight of it, his knowledge of it. I don't, that, that part of life I always struggle with because you haven't seen it through his eyes any, yet. You may see this and that and the third through his eyes, but you haven't seen that part of your life through his eyes. Oh, I do everything right and blah, 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 blah. But you struggle with finances. Well, maybe it's because you haven't take, took in on the kingdom way of finance or the kingdom way of how he wants you to do that or the kingdom way of this or the kingdom way of that. I'm struggling in my marriage. Well, have you took your marriage to the kingdom or have you left it down here on earth? We have to take everything up to him and he makes it light and he shines upon it and he makes and he turns it what was a profane thing into a holy thing. He turns the things that have not been lit yet, the dark things into things of light. He trades the, he purifies it. He takes out the profane things from it and he leaves out the, and he brings in the holy. God takes parts of our life that are still profane and squeezes out the profane things and brings in the holy things. He's rightly dividing the word of truth, rightly dividing the word in our life, rightly even dividing our thoughts. For the word, word of God is living and active, able to discern the thoughts, able to sever the two-edged sword, sever the flesh, the carnal thought from the spiritual thought. What's God and what's of you? What's God and what's of the devil? But you can even know that by the fruits that it, 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 it's ready to produce in you. You start to feel it, and what you start to feel, you start to manifest And it came to pass afterward that he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. And the lords of the Philistines came up unto her and said unto her, Entice him, see wherein his great strength lieth, and by what means we prevail against him, that we may bind him to afflict him, to afflict him, to vex him. How can we subdue him? The enemy's working with, with his little minions right now, saying, how can we subdue him, them, that body? Those people, how can we vex them? How can we get them in the flesh? How can we bring heaviness upon them? How can we put them in, get them in witchcraft? How can we get them in our territory so that we can, because in our territory, that's where we can bind them. We can't go to their territory and bind them, but when we drag them and, and, and seduce them, the enemy seduces us to do the things that we do because we originally don't want to do it if we're saved, but he, did God say, and Eve ate the apple, seduced her. Well, then the devil talks, then that's when you start to think and think and think and think, and he vexes you and you do it. And you think, and 
slowly as you're thinking the joy is leaving, the peace is leaving, the righteousness is leaving, and you realize, oh my God, I'm in the devil's den. Because he brings, depression is not a sickness, depression is really, he is oppressing you. He's weighted, his, his, his darkness is over you. They say like, oh, there's like a dark cloud over you. Well, there is a dark cloud. It's not a sickness that comes just randomly on your body. It's, it's, the, it's the spirits. It's the things that we've allowed in through the flesh, through entertaining the devil's lies, and we get depressed. We're not called to be depressed in the kingdom ever. Well, what about when my family members die? And that depression, well... And, and let's just lay it out. Let's just be real because we got to be real. We don't got time to, to, to dozy around. We need to be real. Maybe you had a soul tie. Maybe your, tie, your soul was still tied. That's why you're depressed. But if any man in Christ dies, he, it is gain because he's with the Lord. So we don't get depressed over even people that die in the kingdom because we know they're with the Lord. But we get depressed about the person that may whatever out there. See, there's mourning, but there's, then there's depression and heaviness that keeps us from, that separates us from God. When we have soul ties and our soul tie dies, we get depressed. Not because, not, and sometimes it's not even has to do with them. It has to do all with you because that person was pleasing your soul. Oh, I, I love them so, yeah. And, 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 there's the, and you can cry, whatever. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with crying. There's nothing wrong with mourning. It's about when the enemy starts to take over your soul over it. That's what we're talking about. So don't anyone take that and be like, oh, well, your family member just died. You're crying. Why are you crying? You're not supposed to be depressed, right? No, we're talking about that spiritual oppression from the devil where he starts to take you over that depression, not mourning. That What's on the other side of mourning in the kingdom? Joy. Trade your joy, your mourning. Joy comes in the morning after, after your mourning. What is that scripture? It's about mourning and joy. Joy. There's something about we trade our, our praise for heaven. You know, whatever that scripture. You know what I'm talking about. But that's that mourning spiritually, like whatever, like, oh, yeah, you know, it's sad, whatever. But not like where it, it changes your lifestyle and you don't even want to be a part of the kingdom anymore and you just want to go drink or go back to your old ways. You're vexed. Get connected to God. Well, you had a soul tie with the person because you weren't tied to him. If you didn't catch that revelation out of that one message, then you need to go listen to it again. Exchanging soul ties because it was saying you can't just get rid of the soul ties. You need to exchange them for a soul tie with him, his word. And what's, his, what's God's soul? Mind, will, and emotions, right? He has emotions. He has a will. He has a mind. So we need to get connected to his mind, the mind of Christ, which is the word of God. We need to get connected to his will, his ways, his desires. And then we start to feel even his emotions, his peace, his joy, his righteousness, his. And even at times when God needs his righteous anger to execute, righteous anger is not even just for you to feel it. It's for you to execute like Elijah, the things that Jezebel is doing in the church so that you would not compromise. But even it's still in peace because you're at peace with God. You may not be at peace with somebody around you, people around you or things, but you're at peace with him. That's all that matters. Oh, but if I go around that person today, I'm, I'm going to lose my peace. Well, that's because you're looking for peace with them and not with him. Now it says, seek peace with 
the brethren, but it's not talking about that type of peace, like just carnal peace. It's saying like that peace where we're connected in the spirit because I can't be at peace with someone if they're tormented, down, depressed, the enemy's being there for them. I have to, it says, pick up, uh, it says, talks about picking up each other's burdens for in this ye fulfill the kingdom of God. So I actually, I don't come under it, but I'm not at peace where I'm like, like it says, like a man needs food and you leave and you say, oh, go in peace, right? It even says that, go in peace. I forgot that it even said peace, but go in peace, right? And, but they, but they, need, they have the needs for the body, but your brother needs spiritual things. Your brother needs to be broken out of prison in their mind. And you say, go in peace. That's false peace. He's talking about the peace where you break them out of torment and then you start to feel that peace with them again because you know they're at peace with God again. The peace that we should have with each other is the peace that you're getting from God, the peace that I'm getting from God, adding on to one another. Not peace just because we're cool. Peace because we're connected to the same daddy. That's the peace that I want. How can you be at peace with your brother when he's in a den of thieves, when he's in... He's with the leopards. He's in the spirit. I'm talking about devils. When he's with sleeping with Leviathan, sleeping with Delilah. I'm not saying like go nuts over it and be like, Ugh, foam at the mouth over it. I'm talking about like, how can you just be like, well, that's him. That's her. Well, then you're not loving the least of these because that's the least of these amongst you. Those who are in prison, those who are hungry, those who are thirsty. How can you say you love when you don't pray for them? If you can't talk to them, if you're not ordained to speak to them like that in your life, then pray for them. Hope for them. Hope in all things for their deliverance. Don't say, you know that you need a lot of work on love if you see your brother down and you're up and because of competition, you're like, whoa, thank God I'm good. See, look at everybody. Now he's down. No, nobody's going to see me. That's, you need deliverance too yourself. You're not delivered then. You say you feel free, but if you're still putting your brother down like that and when he's down, then you need work, man. You need deliverance because I should see my brother and be like, how can I help him? Oh, oh, so it's all that. I, I maybe can't do anything, but God, I just hope for them. I pray for them. I have faith for them. If you can't do anything in the physical to help them, speak to them, if you can't do whatever, have faith that it would manifest something in their life. That your faith would start to give evidence and show your love for them because your faith just manifested something spiritual that they needed even though you didn't say a thing. Because you, there's, like even Marlene was saying this the other night, there's these silent prayers and these silent hopes of faith that actually manifest things into each other's lives and we didn't even say a word to them. But do you have hope for the brothers and sisters? Do we have faith in God because whatever he says is true, whatever we, we believe that he says he'll do, he'll do it. We don't have faith in each, we don't necessarily have faith in each other's flesh because man changes and is here and gone tomorrow and, and withers and waves. But we have faith in the Spirit of God inside of us. We have faith in God because He never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and He'll never change. He'll always be the same. And it came to pass afterward that He loved the woman, and, and the lords of the Philistines, we're on our five now, came up unto her and said unto, unto her, Entice him. See wherein his great strength lieth, and by what means we may prevail against him, that we may bind him to afflict him. We'll give thee, every one of us, 1,100 pieces of silver. And Delilah said to Samson, Tell me, I pray thee, wherein thy great strength lieth, and wherewith thou mightest be bound to afflict thee. See, the devil's looking to afflict you, vex you. 
And Samson said on the herd, if, that, if they bind me with seven green wits, see the enemy's lying in wait, abiding with her in the chamber. And she said unto him, the Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he break the wits, and as the thread of the toe is broken, and when it toucheth the fire, so his strength was not known. And Elias said unto Samson, Behold, thou hast mocked me and told me lies, and now tell me, I pray thee. See, you can even obey God and get out of the enemy's binds and stuff like that, and then the devil will even lie to you saying you, didn't even, you just came against God and vex you and make you feel things, whatever, but you just obeyed God. Just like if I preach a message or I do something and I let the enemy talk to me, but I really freed myself, the enemy can come and deceive you, make you believe lies, put fear on you. But God did not give you the spirit of fear. That's what you have to understand today. God did not give you the spirit of fear. If it's fear, it's from him. If that's it. God is the author and finisher of our faith. The devil is, is the author of confusion. There's two authors, but each has, has his sign of his seal of, of what each one has written. And what is that seal? The devil's seal is fear. God's seal is faith. What God speaks brings you faith. What the devil speaks brings you fear. Fear and faith are each the seal of each one. God doesn't speak fear in you. He speaks the fear of the Lord in you to convict you. And you can turn your conviction into fear because you turn it into condemnation because you don't want to listen to it. That's something else too. But it depends. Who are you listening to? Are you listening to yourself, your flesh, God, the spirit, whatever? See, right now, even right now as I'm speaking, if you're t receiving the word in con condemnation, you're letting Leviathan twist it. You're letting Leviathan, you're, you're letting your flesh understand it on your own because you start to feel, condemn, you start to feel. But if you're getting convicted, that's your chance right there to, to just forget. Don't even, you don't even have to deal with condemnation. When conviction comes, you just ride the wave to him. And you get, you just, the conviction even comes. Honestly, I don't remember the last time I felt convicted and I felt like, Oppressed. I felt, I felt convicted and I felt moved to go to him. But then if you don't move with him in that conviction, you, then that's when the enemy comes in because now you just traded the truth for a lie and the lie for a truth. When we don't give in to conviction, we trade our conviction for condemnation and condemnation for conviction. Don't make that trade. Don't make that evil exchange. And he said unto her, see, he kept, mess, he kept fooling her. They buy me with ropes, I'll get, they'll get me if they do this, if they do that. But really, he knew what was really going to get him because he had the strength to break out all that. If they bind me fast, but he was playing around with people, with God. That's, see, that's childish. That's when you know you're doing, he was doing, this is, Samson was doing childish things, playing around with the devil, playing around with Delilah. But Delilah is dead, but now there's, that same spirit that does the same things to us, the devil, the evil one, the serpent one, the one from the pit, the one that was cast down like lightning comes and he was cast down and he gets up and he comes on his belly to you and does the same exact thing. What nothing is new under the sun. Baal has a thousand faces. So, though all, so although Baal changes his face, it's still the same Baal within. Although Baal now looks like a different celebrity or thing or place out there with a name it's still the same deception it's still the same lies it's still the same trickery it's still the same thing the, the, the same thing the same ways the devil moved back then is the same way he moves back now he just changes his face 
He just changes what it looks like on the outside, but deep down it's doing the same exact thing, tricking. And said unto her, if they, if they bind me fast with ropes that never were occupied, then shall I be weak and be as another man. And Delilah therefore took new ropes and bound him therewith and said unto him, the Philistines be upon thee. The world has come upon you. See the levels of warfare, the warfare from the world starts to come upon you when you start to fool around with the enemy and you start to feel depressed because you're under the warfare of this world now. See how that's all connected? Samson, and there were liars. See, liars, liars. There were liars because they were deceiving Samson. And there's liars, voices of accusation in the secret places that we don't even see right now. But when you go home, they try to come and lie to you. Oh, this is what your brother thinks about. Oh, twisting intention. Liars, liars. Oh, you can do this. Oh, you can go after that. Oh, you can. God will still be with you even if you go after that. That, that lust, see, lust is not even a woman-man thing. It can even be going after things that God didn't even ordain you to go after. Career choices, places, people. He told you to move to, to Cincinnati and you move to Nebraska or you move to Washington because you have lust. Lust is covetous. When we covet something, when we covet our neighbor's items, we have lust. It's not just a sexual thing, but in the spirit, you're it's actually kind of sexual because you're fornicating. Because when people, sexual things are two people pleasing each other. And it's just like in the spirit. You are pleasing the devil and the devil's pleasing you. You're actually spiritually fornicating because that idol that you've chosen is making you feel pleasing. You're pleasing that idol because that idol is advancing the kingdom of the devil. See how that works? Don't say I'm not in fornication, but then you're... You have other lovers. That's what we have to, we have to go to the deeper things of God because the deeper things of God are not only the riches of his kingdom, but they reveal the deep things of the soul and the spirit that have not been revealed in the Old Testament, but now in the new, the concealed is now revealed and the deeper things of the heart are revealed by the outer things that have been done in the physical. But now we see it in the spirit. Everything that was done in the physical, good or for bad, is now seen also in the spiritual realm. And they say, well, I'm not doing, you're still being an Old Testament, you're still under the law. If you're still saying, well, I didn't do that, I didn't do that, but you're doing it spiritually. So you're not just under the New Testament of his blood, now you're under the New Testament of now, this is how it is, it's now about the heart now. And if your heart... It's far from me, but your lips. See, back then, they can maybe even let their lips be close to them, but their heart was still far, and they still were accepted. As long as they abide by this. But you know what was the trick even back then? Is if their heart wasn't right, they couldn't, they wouldn't, be, they were vexed. They couldn't control their soul anymore. So they would sin against God. The men that obeyed God deep down, even though it wasn't about the heart then, it was about the outward actions they revealed their heart by their outward action because what was in their heart consumed their heart. And out of, the, out of the heart comes adultery, lust. Remember we said that? But out of the heart also comes the issues of life. Out of the heart, a man speaks. So even then, it was still out of the heart. It's done even though you, man, it's, not, it's by the law, not the heart. The heart still disobeyed the law by its manifestation. But now before it even manifests, it's the heart. It's we're supposed to have a clean heart now. Now, it, back then, it was you're supposed to have clean hands. Now it's clean hands and a clean heart. And he said unto her, 
And Delilah said unto Samson, Here be it thou. Thou hast mocked me and told me lies. Tell me wherewith thou mightest be bound. And he said unto her, If thou weverst the seven locks of my head. See, now he tells her the truth. With the web. Seven locks of my head. With the web. Jezebel's web. Jezebel feeding your lies. See, you, you didn't just get dropped. Trapped by Jezebel's web by manipulation and control. You got trapped by Jezebel's web because she's giving you things eat, to eat unto idols. What's the idol? It's you. Jezebel's web. He, look, seven locks. If thou weavest the seven locks of my head, I just saw that for the first time, the seven locks of my head with the web. Come on, that's spiritual, man. He was under a Jezebel. Some people are in the Jezebel spirits and they're not being controlled by no one, but they're being controlled by the devil. They're being manipulated by the devil to, did God really say, here, you can have this fruit? He didn't say, you can still do that. You can still go to the bar. You can still be with this one. You can still be so-and-so. Oh, maybe he wanted you to not talk to so-and-so or be around so-and-so for a season, and now he wants you back. The devil's speaking to you. I'm not saying, I know there's different situations. God's saying different things, but sometimes the devil gets in there, and you start to think it's God, and you start to become. That's why now, what happened? Two weeks ago, I was... I'm fire, I had love, I have joy, peace, and now I just want to sin. I just want to, I just get mad now. I just got the spirit of anger on me. You're vexed. Because now you, somewhere along the line, you heard a voice, a strange voice that talks to the strange flesh that you have and led you down a strange path, and now you feel strange. You shouldn't feel strange anymore. You should feel peace. The comforter, the Holy Spirit will come onto you. See, even the, what does the comforter do? The comfort doesn't come onto you when you're happy and you're in a good place. The comforter comes onto you when the sword of the word of God comes down, strikes your heart, and he comforts you and says, you can do this. When it's time to go to the cross, he says, you can do this. I believe even in the garden, the angels even came in a sense and they gave him power, but they, I believe they also in a form comforted Jesus in the garden to be able to say, I'm with you. God's with you. You can do this. Whatever the case may have been, and that's what the, the Holy Spirit does. That's why you need to shut down the enemy so that when the word of God does come, when correction does come, when hard things do come, you can receive the comforter that gets you through it. The comforter is not there to say, oh, it's okay, baby boy, it'll be all right. No, the comforter is here to say, you can get, the, you can get on the narrow road. It'll be all right. It's going to be good. You're going you're gonna to get past this. You're going to endure till the end. Tells you that when, shows you when there's hard things that you, will, you'll get, you'll, you can do it. It gives you, the comforter even comes and gives you faith. Not give you fear like, but what if this happens? What if that happens? Sometimes God tells you to do something and then you get in that what if fear thing because God told you to do it and then the enemy comes and says, and plants, just like Shane was speaking tonight, today. God plants a seed and the enemy plants seeds too. And sometimes it's a war of the seeds. And whatever seeds you have in use, they start to manifest things if you keep watering them. You can water the seeds that are in you. By continuing, the devil planted one thing, one little lust here one day, and you were like, oh, that's a great idea. And then over time, yeah, maybe I will do that. You know what, let me start putting this in the bank. You know what, let me start going there. Let me, you're watering it, and it then starts to grow, and as soon as you know it, there's a, a tree of sin in your life. It's a tree of these fruits that we spoke about earlier. But when I water the God seed, the good seed, a God seed is a good seed. When I water the seed, I start to see the image of the seed come out, and I start to look like it. What are you watering? Because we're all called to water, just like Shane said. It goes, everything. We're called to water. We're called to 
continue marinating, we're letting him marinate on, we're continuing to let us show it, we're continuing to stay in the spirit that he, it can prove itself true in us. See, the word right now that is being spoken is true, but will it be true in you? Or will it only be true in your ears, but will it be true on the manifestation of, will it quicken your mortal body to do the will of the Father? I promise I'll get through this, this scripture. <laughs> and she fastened it with a pen and said unto him, the Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awaked out of his sleep. And now all of a sudden, Samson wants to be awake after his hair has been tied up on a web and cut. Oh, what the heck? He realized he was, get, he was being subdued. He realized he was being, he was being vexed. He realized the enemy was oppressing him now. Do you ever feel like that? All of a sudden, you're like, what the heck? I got in a whirlwind of fear all of a sudden and, and witchcraft. What just happened? Then you start to look back where it started. That one voice, that one Delilah moment. And then you wake after it's all manifested already. But the good thing about it is, Samson didn't have the blood and we do. That no matter what happens, we have an advocate with the Father. We have a mediator between us and the Father that brings us back and keeps us in the garden. Adam was one and done, but we don't have to be one and done. It's not about continuing to make mistakes and have a, a lasciviousness and backdoor of the, of the flesh. It's about we want to, we obey and strive for, to, to obey him and walk in his way as he leads us by the Spirit and he does the work in us, but not trying, saying, oh, I'm just a sinner saved by grace, I'm going to keep doing this. That's where you make the blood of no effect, but you have the blood when you step in poop because you don't see it. You have the blood when you went the wrong way by accident. You have the blood when you talk to the wrong person by accident. Like we spoke about the other night, it doesn't matter what you just stepped in. You can get right back in because the blood always promises you you can get back in as long as you are willing to repent or turn away from it. Like Shane said before, it's not about repentance with your mouth and groveling on the ground. It's about changing your mind. It's about changing your way, changing your direction. He said this is bad and that's good. That's repentance is getting on the narrow way now. Back on it. I don't, it doesn't matter how many times you repent, but if nothing changes, your repentance is made a lie. But your repentance is made true when you start to manifest the fruit of righteousness, the peaceable fruit of righteousness in that area. And she, and she said unto him, How can thou say, I love thee when thine heart is not with me? How, thou hast mocked me three times and hast not told me wherein thy great strength lied. And it came to pass, she pressed him daily with her words and urged him so that his soul was vexed unto death. She just kept talking and talking. Once he, got, once, he got, once he got raveled in that, man, she the devil keeps talking to you, you, you shut down. The life is out of you. Python, the spirit of Python, the enemy just choking you with lies. It's like you entertained one lie and it's just boom and boom and boom and boom until you have no life in you. And it's like when he spoke that first couple lies, there was still that life, but there was starting to be this wrestling and this fighting and this warfare that you're not supposed to even be under, but then eventually somebody wins the war. It's either Delilah or Samson, and Samson chose to let her win. Then he told her that his hair said unto her, there hath not come a razor upon my head, for I have been a Nazareth unto God for my mother's womb. If I be shaven, then my strength will go from me, and I shall become weak and be become weak. Remember we talked about you feel lifeless, you feel weak in the spirit. You feel your spirit man shouldn't feel weak. Your spirit man's not weak, but your soul 
starts to feel weak because your soul is not connected to the strength of God that's within you in your spirit. And when Delilah saw that he told her all that his heart, she sent and called all the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up this, way, this once, for he hath sued me all his heart. He given all everything in his heart to the enemy. Then the lords of the Philistines came up onto her and brought money into their land, and she made up she made him sleep upon her knees, and she called for a man, and she caused him to shave off his seven locks. The seven is the completion of God. It's the seven spirits of God. It's all, all in all, the wheel inside the wheel, the seven days, the seven, on the seventh day God rested. It's the peace of God, the joy, the kingdom, the, the kingdom, the, his righteousness. It's God's number seven. Six is the number of flesh. When we go away from seven, we get demoted to six, and we get back in the flesh. And she sent and called for the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up this once, for he hath sued me all his heart. And Philistines came up unto her and brought money into her hand. She made, up, she made him sleep with, upon her knee, and she called a man. She caused him to shave off seven locks, and she began to afflict him, and his strength went from him. The joy of the Lord is our strength. So what? When his strength went from him, the joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength, then how do, I get, how, do I, how do I get strong, God? How do, I, how do you strengthen me? It's you get in me and you get joyful and, and the joy of the Lord is just all of a sudden adds, makes you confident. When I'm joyous, I just want to dance. I just want to sing. I just want to preach. I just want to let out whatever's in me. I want to be a wellspring onto everybody around me because the joy that's within me is uncapping it. And, and when you're joy, it's like you have this uncontrollable peace, this uncontrollable whatever, goodness, and it just comes out of you like a wellspring. The joy of the Lord is your strength. So you need strength. You need to get in the joy, peace, and righteousness. Almost done. And she made him sleep upon her knees. Yeah, and we went to we did that, whatever. Strength went from him. Let's go to Colossians. We're going to go quickly through a few scriptures just to, so you can see all these things in the Word so you can know that even, even new, it was like a thing in the New Testament Peter, Paul, all these guys always talked about, and I never understood it until even th till this day now, about the peace of God and be guided by the peace of God. Let the peace of God, see, of God, not just peace. See, we don't let peace guide us. We don't let peace, we let the peace of God, peace with Him guide us, peace with Him. If I, get, if I step into something or go somewhere, I stop feeling peace with Him. But that's the peace, the bond of peace we're supposed to still have with him and, and one with another. The bond of peace of God. Colossians 3.15 And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, which ye also are called in one body, and be thankful. You start to even be thankful. These are fruits. Even, there's even another one about let the peace of God, uh, I think there's even direct your paths. Because I, I could have got a whole thing, but we don't want to be long-winded. The peace of God direct your paths. The peace of God will protect your hearts. The peace of God, not the peace of anything around you. Not even peace with, yeah, yeah, I got to, I got to be pleased with some TV, movies, this thing. Not, if you need TVs and movies to please you, you are out of the peace of God. If you need to, if you, like people have those devices, oh, when I go to the baseball field or when I go around this family member, or when I do this sport, or when I do this thing, or when I come around this person, just, I just, I just, it, it's my happy place. It gets me in peace. Oh, maybe you need to get connected to God so you don't need something or someone, people, places, or things to give you peace. You're just at peace by being. 
See, you see, every, you know, you ever hate when sometimes, and not hate, but like struggle with it sometimes when people say just be? But when we get connected to him and we get in peace, joy, and righteousness, we can just be because we're at peace. We're at peace so we can just be and we're just happy. We're just happy with being alive. You start to get happy even with waking up in the morning. You start to get, th- you know how you see those people that get thankful? They wake up in the morning with breath and they're like, oh, thank you, God, that I'm, a, you know, just for being alive. And they go outside and they're like, wow, I'm so, this is so beautiful, the outside and blah, blah, blah. Not that they're new age into the, that's a different type of people. They're in a weird place. I don't even know how to explain them. I'm talking about the, when you go outside and you're just enjoying God. Because you, when you're in his presence, you start to just, everything, it's like everything pops to you. Everything is illuminated to you. All goodness, all, every pure thing. It says, think on things, these things that are lovely, pure and of good report. And that's all you start to think on because you're in him. And in him, there's only peace, joy, and righteousness. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which patheth, passeth all understanding, and that even goes deeper, because when I need peace from material things, or people, places, or things, and I get it from those things, I can understand it, yeah, oh yeah, that person made me feel peaceful, oh yeah, that coworker or that person, that family member made me feel peaceful, oh yeah, that Material thing made me feel peaceful, but when it's peace that surpasses all understanding, you don't even understand really even why you have peace. But you do because you know it's the peace of God because you know you're with him, you're right with him. A peace of God that surpasses all understanding because it doesn't come from below, it comes from above. That's the peace that you want, that's the peace that I want. And whatever we need to clear out today, whatever is vexing our soul, whatever voice that has spoken to us, whatever dream that has come that we don't understand, whatever thing that, we've, that we're going through, Whatever path that we took that is vexing us, that is taking the peace of God from us, we can make it right today by the blood of the Lamb. And then when it's by the blood of the Lamb, we can start to have the word of our testimony. Everybody just stand up. We just thank you, God, right now, even that you can breathe life into our lungs right today, Father, that if we're feeling depressed, if we're feeling heavy, that if we're feeling down, if we're feeling oppressed, if we're feeling depressed, if we're even feeling like the devil's trying to make us possessed, we just speak life into those bones right now, Father, and we say that we can get into the peace of God right now by the blood of the Lamb. It doesn't matter what we've done or what we haven't done or that what we need to do. We can get through the blood of the Lamb. We can get through that door again to back, get back in righteousness. Oh, Father, just show everybody in this room where the peace of God is being robbed from us. Show everybody in this room where our, it's what's vexing our soul. Right now, just look, examine yourselves and see where, why, is, why am I angry? Why am I this? Why am I bearing any of these fruits of the flesh? Why am I in, feel like I'm, in, I'm, I'm unclean or in fornication or, 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 or I'm lascivious? Or why do I feel like I have idolatry, witchcraft, hatred? Why do I have witchcraft in my mind right now? Why do I have hatred in my heart right now? Why do I have emulations in my, in my mind? Why do I have wrath on my flesh ready to, I'm, I'm ready to be angry? Why do I have strife? Why do I have seditions? Why do I have heresies? Why do I believe all these evil doctrines? These, why do I want to continue? Why do I want to go back to the old gospel that was the lust of the flesh? Why do, why do I want to go to around an ear-tickling preacher? Or why do I want to be under ministries and peoples and places that preach heresies because I'm in the flesh? Why do I want my ears tickled right now? It's because I'm not, I need to get in Him. 
envyings, murders, drunkenness, reveling, such like. Whatever it is, that's you're being, the devil is trying to keep you vexed, but today you can just break it off right now. Break it off of your mind right now. Just take your hand right now in your mind. Just swipe it. Swipe it off by faith. Swipe it off by the blood. The, the blood, they put the blood on the doorpost of their of the door and I of the door, the top of the doorpost, and I believe that's like even putting it at the top of our our doorpost, our mind, because that's where things go in and out through our mind. And right now we just seal this word by the blood. We seal our minds by the blood that we would not let the peace of God rule over us. And even John 14, 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. When Jesus comes, he gives peace unto you, he leaves peace with you. Not the, that the world gives, but that I give it. Let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be vexed. Neither let it be afraid. And Father, like we said, we do not give, we do not receive the spirit of fear, but of, see, it's the spirit of fear. It's the devil. That's why I'm in fear. And how do I get that fear off? How do I get that envy off? How do I get that strife off? How do I get that drunkenness off of me? I go back to whatever it was that got me like this, that, got, that vexed me. And I turn my ears away from it. I turn my hands away from it. I turn my heart away from it. And I say, God, give me the peaceable fruit of righteousness. And I receive, just, just put out your arms right now. And I believe just receive it by faith. Everything in the kingdom is by faith. It's by believing it to be done. Believing it manifests now. Not Faith doesn't believe that it will come one day. It's believing it's manifest. It's believing it's finished. And it's finished for us, God. And we just receive right now the peace of God, Father. We receive, put your, just put your hands on your mind and say, I receive, I receive the spirit of love, spirit of love power, power, and a sound mind. A sound mind, a sound mind that can hear you. A sound mind that can think like you. A sound mind that is void of confusion. A mind that is set on Christ, the mind of Christ. And we just bind right now the author of confusion. And we receive the author and finisher of our faith. And just right now, after we're, after we're done, just pick a song, get, ready, get a song ready, whatever you want to play. And just come up and just by faith. It doesn't, don't, like this is, that's what this whole message is about. Don't condemn yourself over the word. Receive it by the Spirit. If you're condemning yourself over the word, you're either hearing it by the flesh or you don't like it. But just, it doesn't matter about your feelings. Just say, God, I don't, I, I like it. Just admit it to him. Say, God, I like it. I love your word. In fact, I'm infatuated with your word. I'm obsessed with your word. I speak those things that are not as though they were and then they will be. We are those, the, ch the children of faith, the children of Abraham that speak things by faith, not by what we see. And we will not create an Ishmael in our life. Because an Ishmael is created in our life when we stop moving by faith. But faith ensures that a son shall be born in my life. A, a child shall be born in my life. A spirit man shall be born in my life. A new creation shall be born in my life. I, we're all birthing something, but what we're birthing is the new creation in Christ Jesus. All things have passed away and all things have truly, behold, have come new. And we believe it like it already is, even though we know in our, our mind it's not yet, but we believe because then it'll be when we believe it. You don't feel like an old creation right now? Well, don't go by your feelings. It's faith over feelings. 
You don't feel like you know creation right now. That'll put you in the spirit of fear. But when you believe who, in who he's called you to be and who, believe who he's said you already are, you start to have love. You start to have the, a sound mind. The spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. You start to walk in power because faith pleases God. Faith moves God. Faith brings the flesh on the bones. Faith brings boldness. Faith brings assurance. Faith gets me to do Works of faith. These are the works of faith is when boldness comes out of me. These are the works of faith is when I declare and decree it, even though I don't see it, but I believe it. And then the evidence of it shall come. I don't have faith because you're going to do it. I have faith so that you will do it. And this is the promise, Father. And we just bless you, Father. Father.